wow, did we need any more evidence of where Dr. Fauci's sort of political alignment really well and truly is? He was totally exposed today by Congressman from Ohio, Jim Jordan, who is just a total and complete star of the Republican Party. It was fantastic. So basically Fauci's testifying today and you got Jim Jordan who just starts rattling off questions to Dr. Fauci. Do protests increase the spread of the virus? Uh, I, I think I can make a general statement that crowding together, particularly when you're not wearing a mask, contributes to the spread of the virus. Then Jordan says, should government limit the protesting i don't think that's relevant to well you you just said if it increases the spread of the virus i'm just i'm just going to ask our should we limit it Fauci, well i'm not you know i'm, I'm not gonna opine on that i mean my goodness gracious that was that was if fauci okay who's been under attack by conservatives and i would say rightly so I mean, Dr. Fauci has flip-flopped on just about everything. He says at the end of January, well, no, coronavirus still poses a low risk to Americans. And then he says, if you want to go on a cruise, go on a cruise. And he says, no, you don't have to wear masks. And he says, now we do have to wear masks. This is Dr. Fauci, who has been in Washington, D.C. for 45 years. Which way do you think, which way do you think Fauci's going to vote? Which way do you think, which party do you think Dr. Fauci favors? You know, Dr. Fauci, who you know, we, the, we've seen the sort of, it's a weird relationship that Trump and Fauci have. I think Donald Trump, the president, in many ways, is, is sort of backed into this corner when it comes to Dr. Fauci. Because he has to say that, well, I trust Fauci. But then on the other hand, his base and people who see through Dr. Fauci. Remember, this is the same Dr. Fauci that is he's doing a cover of InSile magazine and about how he's this, this savior or this hero of coronavirus. When we know, like computer-generated models, which people have taken for their word as gospel, as if that's going to contribute, uh, contribute and be an accurate representation of the amount of deaths that we're really truly going to face as a country in the United States. Uh, there was the Great Britain doctor that alarmed the hell out of people and scared the entire world as far as coronavirus goes. Dr. Fauci has been an alarmist for coronavirus as well. I have no trust in Dr. Fauci anymore, and I would say that a lot of the president's base see through Fauci. Sees how, I mean, it was easy. This was so easy for Dr. Fauci to say that protesting, as far as if we're going to follow the CDC's guidelines, that being together in crowded spaces, that is that contributes to coronavirus. I mean, remember back as soon as coronavirus started, we had 15 days to, quote, slow the spread. It was never supposed to be a shutdown of businesses, of events, of rallies of of anything whatsoever of parties whatever it was it was never supposed to be shut down it was all and in some ways it sort of seems like it was a disguise at this point that you were getting yeah we had the 15 days then the 15 went to 30 slow the spread then we just totally shut everything down and we quarantined 
healthy people, which has never, ever been done out of all throughout history, all listening to, all because we wanted to hear Dr. Fauci. It was Dr. Fauci this, Dr. Fauci that. Well, now Dr. Fauci, he goes, he says, well, kids, yeah, it's going to be tough to reopen schools. Then the next week he says, no, we actually can reopen schools. NFL, no, they can't play. Well, maybe if they're in a bubble. Oh, no, you know what? Now they actually can play. I Every single thing. All he had to do today, all he had to do to gain respect and maybe get some trust back with conservatives in this country when Jim Jordan is literally questioning him, saying, you say it's the CDC, it's the National Institution, uh, Institutes of Health and um, Infectious Diseases, which he's the director of. It's, uh, all, it's the World Health Organization, who, by the way, how we can trust them, they're a mouthpiece of China. January 14th, they were tweeting that there's no, China says, don't worry about coronavirus. It can't be transmitted through human to human, which we know that was a lie. And we know that the World Health Organization backed China the whole way. That's why we, we're, we're, we're enough of that. We have no ties with the World Health, World Health Organization. They're going to get the only money they're going to get from us instead of $500 million from the United States, they're going to get $30 million. In fact, I don't even think they should get that. China gives them $30 million, so now we're going to give them $30 million. It should go. It, it, I agree with that, but like I said, I want it to go a step further. I don't want the World Health Organization to be funded by the United States. I don't want them to be funded by China. You know, if they're the experts on health and disease prevention, well, then how can they not fund themselves? I don't get it. I really, truly don't. But if we're supposed to listen to them, listen to Fauci, right? His, their own guidelines, no crowded spaces, be six feet apart from people and wear your masks. Then why didn't Fauci just really easy, simply say protests, shouldn't be happening the rioting the violence the anarchy on the streets due to black lives matter and antifa should not be happening because that's going to contribute to more coronavirus cases and by the way we always make the distinction between coronavirus cases which as world meters.info reports that 99% of the active cases right now in the world are, are uh, mild conditions. Then you have 1%, literally 1% of the coronavirus cases that are critical. And as far as, you know, did we overwhelm hospitals? No. Did we, we we're through that point, you know, flatten the curve slow the spread that's what this was disguised as now it's become politicized also when we were beginning to enter the pandemic of coronavirus all we heard was yeah well well we're not going to politicize this and that well we should probably be together on this as far as democrat republicans go that didn't happen you know you got the news media now that wants to attack florida and georgia and arizona go figure all Republican governors, yet Andrew Cuomo here in New York, when you put thousands of patients, uh, nursing home, uh, COVID patients into the nursing home, which contributes to over 10,000 deaths here in New York State, he gets a pass on that? Yet he had the Javits Center 
which was mobilized and turned into a COVID hospital, thanks to Donald Trump and the federal government. He also had the USNS Comfort put there by Donald Trump and the federal government. But instead, because he doesn't value, and he's a Democrat, so this is no surprise to anyone, they don't value American life. They, you know, he could not give the president, he couldn't say, well done, thank you for giving me this. That this would limit the deaths here in New York State because of coronavirus. Couldn't do that. And now look, now we have to wear masks when we're, when we're standing in, a, in restaurants or in a bar. Or if you're in any public space whatsoever where it's an enclosed environment, and you, you and by the way, you know, it says if you can't social distance and be six feet apart, that's the only time you should have to wear the mask. But now you're being, you know, it's been mandatory, mandatory mask wearing. You know, are you kidding me? This whole thing. And again, am I, it, it seems in many ways I'm the only one out there asking, why does no one question the timing in an election year where you have a president? who has an incredible record to run on, who has the best economy in, in modern times as far as the United States of America goes. Unemployment was so totally down, it was record. It was historic unemployment levels. That not only for white Americans, but for blacks, but for Asians, for Latinos, for women, for youth unemployment, for disabled Americans. You got the president who's building, he's over, he, last time I heard that he was at 257 miles of southern border wall built, you know, to make us a sovereign nation and protect us and say that, listen, if you want to come into the United States of America, fine. You know, we, we're, we're all immigrants here, but we did it legally. That's all we ask for. Immigrant, immigrants contribute a hell of a lot to this country but why is it so hard to do something legally why does the left you know the left really well and truly hates law and order and we're seeing that ted wheeler in uh portland well he gets out there with the riot with antifa and black lives matter he saw for himself he's trying to say i'm on your side they're saying go home you're a coward jacob fry the minneapolis mayor He's in the middle of it. They say, are you going to defund the police? He says, no, I'm not going to defund the police. They literally chant to the mayor and he obliges. They say, go home, Jacob. And he does. He runs away with his head down. It was one of the most cowardice, weakest things I've ever seen from an elected official in my entire life. But that's the left. That's what the left is running on. You got Joe Biden. Okay, 51 years in politics. Is there anything that Joe Biden can single-handedly say, yeah, my name is attached to this. This came from me. This is my piece of legislation. This is my bill. There's nothing whatsoever. Joe Biden has been nothing but a total failure to this entire country. And now like we're, we're 95 days left at this point in time trump biden free market capitalism economy or do we open the door to socialism here in the united states of america 
Now I want to get into something uh, uh, a little further here, and and there's more news that I uh, got to get to. The big stories from the day basically is that uh, you got CBS News reports, and the president was uh, out uh, before he was getting on uh, uh, Air Force One, or uh, it might have been Marine. It was the helicopter or the plane. President Trump tells reporters, besides the point of the story, President Trump tells reporters his administration may be banning TikTok, which is, which is the app where you know, plenty of people go on and it's like dancing and saying, you know, it's, a, it's an app basically for the teenage generation and, and a lot of the younger generation in the country. And he says, and they're certainly looking at uh, a lot of alternatives with respect to TikTok. Now, uh, Trump administration to order TikTok parent company, which is um, ByteDance, to divest, you know, get away, take the, the just totally dis, uh, disband, get away from the app. Uh, and that, uh, with President Donald Trump himself told reporters that, uh, like I said, they might be banning, and they're considering multiple avenues on how to handle the national security threats presented uh, by TikTok, which, by the way, has been, you know, it's been China and their and ByteDance, which is a Chinese company, which has been you you put your information in there, and then. The Chinese Communist Party, the Chinese government there, then has all that information. That's why the president wants to ban TikTok or find a different alternative for it. Because he wants to protect the American people from, yet again, what do I say? The biggest threat to this country, and these words aren't mine now. You know, I, I just elaborate on what the FBI director himself says. There's no country that presents a broader more comprehensive threat to America's innovation, to our economic security, and to our democratic ideas than China. I've continued to argue on this program that it's not Russia, it's not Ukraine, it's not a fake whistleblower, it's not Michael Avenatti, lawyer of Stormy Daniels, it's not racism, that's not what presents the biggest threat to this country. In so many ways, it is China and the Chinese Communist Party. Look no further than coronavirus. That was all Chinese Communist Party. You know, the, the whistleblowers that were there in China that said, we want to get our story out, or the Wuhan Institute of Virology, they censored all of it. They said, you be quiet, we're going to handle this. If thousands of people die from this disease that escaped from the Wuhan Institute of Virology in China, that's totally fine. That's okay. Because that's how they are in China. That's, how, that's why Hong Kong, they, they, they've totally limited their freedom of speech. They have concentration camps for the Uyghurs, for Muslims. In China because they don't agree with them you know this whole religion of, of Falun Gong which is spiritual and supposed to help the health and spirits of people in China the Chinese Communist Party wants that banned you know they they, they sound the Democrats very much sound like China with how many things that they want to ban look at Twitter we just had a hearing this week with big tech and Facebook and like I said you got to get Jack Dorsey the CEO of Twitter there to testify because Twitter is probably the worst of them all why do we have big tech 
and Democrats censoring people in this country. What always sits next to me, right here, the First Amendment in this country, Congress shall make no law respecting respecting an establishment of religion of prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech so why are we seeing that in this country why are democrats and big tech acting like the chinese government makes no sense to me and they should they really be rewarded with power you know are we really gonna let aoc run energy in this country when for the first time in 75 years we are a net exporter of oil and gas the u.s is energy independent under donald trump is that really what we want to destroy do we really, really want to gamble with that now i'm going to get into um energy in a second there's a piece actually and this was from uh june 29th uh michael Schellenberg is his name. He wrote this book, Why Environmental Alarmism Hurts Us All. I'll get to that momentarily, but I wanted to uh, first point out because I always, always argue this point. And the story that ties into this is the federal, is a federal court, uh, it was the U.S. First Circuit Court of Appeals in Boston. Okay, here's what today they ordered. A federal, like I said, the U.S. First Circuit Court of Appeals in Boston ordered today they overturned the death sentence of the Boston of the Boston Marathon bomber, which is Zakhar uh, Tanarza. I'm not even going to try and pronounce that, but you understand who it is. So here's the thing, and like I said, I've argued this before. You've heard me say this before. If you knowingly, okay, take another human being's life, which is the one thing you can pay damages you can repay you know if money is lost you can get that back if you need to do surgery if you you lose a a limb or you're injured or something you can get that back you know technology has brought us to that point the medical uh you know breakthroughs and advances you know, using the, the the greatest doctors and greatest most innovative thinking minds as creative as they possibly are in the United States and the American medical uh, facilities and physicians and doctors and everyone who works with, you know, that we can do things now that we've never been able to do before as far as the history. But the one thing, even, even with all these breakthroughs and, you know, just science that, that is just incredible and you know way way too hard for even for me to imagine or get into the one thing you cannot bring back is a human life okay you know that human life that's gone that the boston bomber that the lives that he took and the people you know that he injured that's someone's that's a family member that's a brother that's a sister that's a husband that's a wife you know, it's it's a grandfather it's a grandmother it's a friend people aren't ever going to see that person again and he knowingly he knew what he was doing there was no accident as far as the boston marathon bomber goes there was nothing that was all premeditated he purposely took 
human lives on that day. So for me, I always hold this. I don't think it's harsh whatsoever. If you take a human life, you yourself should not have the right to live on this earth any longer. In many ways, it's a Hammurabi code, eye for an eye kind of thing. But I really well and truly believe that. You took someone's friend away from them. You took a husband away. You took a wife away. You took a human life from that person. Life is the greatest thing. Okay, even in times where it's dark and it's, you know, life can get sad and life can get depressing. And I get it, that life's hard. But you can always get out of that situation. There's always, you know, there's always a brighter day. And when the day comes where, you know, you finally pass, you don't have to worry about the problems on earth anymore. That's why I'm so strict with that I can't stand government involvement in people's lives. Because people make this country work. Government doesn't make this country work. Limited government less government, less government involvement in your lives, in your mind, in your way of thinking. You know, it's ideas brought forward by extraordinary people that have contributed to the success of this nation, of this country. And I can't stand to see people like Biden and people like Beto O'Rourke and Bernie Sanders and AOC. I can't stand to see them destroy it. Now, anyway, let me get into AOC and this whole energy debate because the whole climate change and the and as Biden says, climate crisis goes. Someone has to start speaking up on this stuff because it's just it's almost like there's this accepted fact: climate change is real, and the Democrats are right, and this is settled science. It's not settled science. This is all a theory. Now listen to this. I'll, let me give you the context first. Sanders Ocasio-Cortez, this was November 14th uh, of last year in The Hill. Sanders Ocasio-Cortez drum up support for Green New Deal. Okay, the Green New Deal, it says this bill will reduce carbon emissions equivalent to taking off of the roads over 1 million cars. It would reduce public housing costs by 30% and energy costs in public housing by 70%. That's what Bernie Sanders says. Also, this is what Bernie Sanders says. This will pay for itself. We've heard Bernie Sanders say that millions of times before when it comes to Medicare for all. When he was pressed by Anderson Cooper, who was a left-wing hack, looks like a little white-haired rat. You know, he wouldn't have made his money and if it wasn't for his mother in Vanderbilt who says this is the most disgusting, most disgraceful display I've seen by a president when talking about Donald Trump. He's no fan of the president. He's no fan of conservatives. Even he's pressing Bernie Sanders on the issue and saying, you've never once described how you're going to pay for Medicare for all. And he still couldn't answer it. He just said, well, it's going to pay for itself. It's going to be a lot cheaper to have Medicare for all now than it actually will be to keep privatized health care. That's a downright lie. That's a joke. That's Bernie Sanders because Bernie's and Bernie Sanders who honeymoons in the Soviet Union. This guy is by all means a communist. And he describes, well, I'm a democratic socialist. You're not a democratic socialist, Bernie. 
Your own supporters were saying if you didn't get the nomination, Milwaukee was going to burn. He's, he's never once denounced that. He's never disavowed what his supporters say. And I would argue to you that a lot of the Antifa people, a lot of the Black Lives Matter people out there are Bernie Sanders supporters. They're not happy with Donald Trump because he's making the country this whole slogan, make America great again. Well, that's exactly what he's done. As far as Joe Biden goes, those supporters, those Bernie supporters aren't happy with him. They weren't happy when Hillary Clinton in 2016, when the DNC was $24 million in debt, she pays off the debt. Think about that. One of the candidates from the DNC pays off the DNC's debt. Obviously, they're going to do everything in their power to make her the nominee. Bernie Sanders got screwed in 2016. 2020, same thing happens. Jim Clyburn, Darth Vader gets in there and says, well, well we got to have, we got to have Joe Biden. And then what happened? The African-American vote in the Democrat party went to Biden. Bernie Sanders got screwed again. And what does he do? Now he's like an advisor for Joe Biden in 2016, like a little lap dog, like a coward, old son of a gun that he really well and truly is just runs right back to the DNC. What does he think now? That in 2024, now they'll finally give you the nomination, Bernie? It's not going to happen. The Democrat Party, they're banking on Bernie Sanders keeling over before he throws another wrench in their plans. They know that, they know they're socialists. That's no surprise. That's how the Democrat Party's always been. But Bernie Sanders is openly out there. He's basically the leader of this new Democrat radical socialist wing of the party where you got AOC and Ayanna Presley and Rashida Tlaib and Islam Omar and the squad that they have founded. Bernie Sanders is like the champion for that. He's been pushing that movement since 2016. This will pay for itself. It won't pay for itself, Bernie. You don't know how to pay for things. AOC, she says, tackling the climate crisis is an economic opportunity for us to create an economic stimulus. She didn't even know what that means. Last time it was big banks that got a bailout. Last time it was Wall Street. This time we're going to bail out Main Street. The only thing they're going to do is bankrupt Main Street and bankrupt this country. That, that's the only singular thing that they worry about is destroying people's lives so bad that they think they're going to bring about change and they're going to get rid of an incumbent president that has brought joy and happiness and on top of that the lowest tax cuts in history to middle class Americans who all they want to do is make a great living for themselves and maybe not even sometimes great that just want to live in the greatest country on earth provide for their families, have a good time with their friends, enjoy the life that they have been blessed with simply by being born an American citizen. The Democrat Party wants to destroy that. They want to destroy this country from within. Now, there's a great piece in Competitive Enterprise Institute. Before I get into uh, Schellenberg's piece, and, and, and now I'm doing this because AOC... Biden has put AOC in charge of energy in this country. Now, as far as energy, 
climate change goes. Competitive Enterprise Institute put forward this piece. It was from 20, uh, last year, September 18th. Wrong again. 50 years of failed echo, uh, eco-apocalyptic uh, predictions. And it's, uh, here's the, uh, the basic um, summary of it. Modern uh, doomsayers have been predicting climate and environmental disasters since the 1960s. They continue to do so today. None, literally none, of the uh, apocalyptic predictions with due dates as of today have come true. What follows is a collection of notable wild predictions from notable people in government and science. And there's this whole list of headlines that they have laid out since the 80s that show how wrong the media, how wrong Democrats, how Al Gore, Al Gore who says, don't tell me we live in a colorblind society and that Republicans only care about you if you can dunk the basketball or shoot a three-pointer. How much money has he got, has he put right in his wallet from his supposed his alarmism as far as climate change and global warming goes i'd encourage anyone to read the entire study and see how they have been so so wrong from the beginning and as far and now the president this was uh put together by the uh state department you can read it on uh, uh the uh, state.gov just look up june 1st 2017 president trump that's the day that we withdrew from the Paris Climate Agreement. As noted in his June 1st, 2017 remarks, President Trump made the decision to withdraw from the Paris Agreement because of the unfair economic burden imposed on American workers, businesses, and taxpayers by U.S. pledges made under the agreement. By the way, we were footing that bill. Much like we do NATO, much like we were doing NAFTA. Now we have the USMCA, which is fairer, which gives us better, which helps our American farmers immensely, which helps our workers in this country, which helps businesses. It allows businesses to repatriate jobs here for Americans. The United States has reduced all types of emissions, even as we grow our economy and ensure our citizens access to affordable energy. Our results speak for themselves. U.S. emissions of criteria, air pollutants that impact human health and the environment declined, ready for this number, by 74% between 1970 and 2018. U.S. net greenhouse gas emissions dropped 13% from 2005 to 2017, even as our economy grew over 19%. So all the alarmism that you're hearing from the Democrats and the climate change people and Bernie Sanders and AOC, it's all false. It's all fake. It's all garbage. Well, we, we got all these, uh, well, all the science, the so-called quote, science that they show you and refer to it's all charts and computer generated models you're gonna believe that take a gamble on that when all these predictions referring to climate change have been wrong 
Since the 60s, we're going to bankrupt this country over that. Listen to these stats now. AOC and her Green New Deal could cost the United States of America between $51 trillion. That's the lowest point of it. $51 trillion. The highest point that it could possibly reach. As I've stated before, $93 trillion. The US, now, let me put that into context for you. The U.S. federal government themselves, since 1789, have only spent $83 trillion. That, this Green New Deal madness, insanity, which, by the way, if Biden is elected in 95 days, that gets implemented. That bankrupts this country. Now, Schellenberg, Michael Schellenberg, here's the article. I would encourage everyone to go out and read it. On behalf of environmentalists, I apologize. I apologize for the climate scare. He says, I may seem like a strange person to be saying all of this. I have been a climate activist for 20 years and an environmentalist for 30. Now, Schellenberg himself, like I said, he wrote the book, Why Environmental Alarmism Hurts Us All. He advocated, pushed for, even got the Obama administration to invest $90 billion into renewable energy. Now, here's the, the, the points from the piece that are very, uh, very worth your while. He says, humans are not causing a sixth mass extinction. The Amazon is not the lungs of the world. Climate change is not making natural disasters worse. Fires have declined 25% around the world since 2003. The amount of land we use for meat, humankind's biggest use of land, has declined by an area nearly as large as Alaska. The buildup of wood fuel and more houses near forests, not climate change, explain why there are more and more dangerous fires in Australia and California. Carbon emissions are declining in most rich nations and have been declining in Britain, Germany, and France since the 1970s. Now, I just pointed out about uh, carbon emissions in the United States of America, uh, which, which uh, have been declining by 74% since 1970 and 2008. On top of that, greenhouse uh, gas emissions, 13%. It's dropped by 13% in a 12-year span from 2005 to 2017. Uh, we produce 25% more food than we need. And food surpluses will continue to rise as the world gets hot, uh, hotter. Habitat loss and direct killing of wild animals are bigger threats to species than climate change. Wood fuel is far worse for people and wildlife than fossil fuels, which they want to get away with, get, uh, totally do away with OEOC and Biden. Preventing future pandemics requires more, not less, industrial agriculture. 
Now listen to what Schellenberg says here. I know that the above facts will sound like climate denialism to many people, but that just shows the power of climate alarmism. Some people will, when they read this, imagine that I'm some right-wing anti-environmentalist. He says, I'm not. At 17, I lived in Nicaragua to show solidarity with the Sandinista Socialist Revolution. He says, at 23, I raised money for Guatemalan women's co uh, cooperatives. In my early 20s, I lived in the semi-Amazon doing research with small farmers fighting land invasions. 26, I helped expose poor conditions at Nike factories in Asia. Like I said, he even got $90 billion of the Obama administration and his whole um, uh, re uh, renewable um, energy. Now, he even goes on to point out that in Great Britain, that you got this Extinction Rebellion, which is this, and by the way, they're just, if you ever look up Extinction Rebellion, they're just strange, weirdo, crazy nut jobs that have nothing better to do with their lives. They say, they published a piece that says, listen to this. Britain, uh, uh, in uh, climate change, okay, Extinction Rebellion, who's uh, British, by the way, climate change kills children. I mean, how disgusting. And we've seen before with uh, the young girl, Greta Thunberg, who, you know, who really who has Asperger's syndrome, and the Democrats and the liberals all around the, not only in the United States of America, but throughout the entire world, have literally used her okay they've used a child with a disability to fight quote climate change how disgusting do you really have to be now the same greta thurnberg who's in front of the she's doing a press conference where she doesn't have notes in front of her where she doesn't have a prepared speech where she has to think of right out of her mind and you know be put on the spot where she's trying to answer questions she can't do it so they had to cut the press so she had to leave like it was all okay as if she's supposedly this expert on climate change you know that's the whole skipping school because of climate change unbelievable there's no the ends always justify the means and by the way as far as pollution goes how come again china who diane feinstein says is growing into a respectable nation how about this of the 200 cities with the worst air pollution in the entire world, 90%, 90% out of the 200 come from India and China. Yet we're supposed to believe that there's this whole climate change thing and that man-made climate change here, just in the United States though, that that, as Extinction Rebellion puts, kills children. We're going to put AOC in charge of that along with Biden Biden, by the way, and I always give these numbers as it relates to fracking, because he says he's going to ban fracking. They're going to do away with it. If fracking was gone in this country, that means you, Ohio, you, Pennsylvania, you, Wisconsin, you're part of the, th of the three out of the 15 states that are going to decide which way we go in this country. Listen to these numbers now. $900 billion increase. In U.S. household energy costs through 2030, literally 10 years from now, $6.3 trillion less for families to spend on priorities. 
7.1 trillion dollars in potential losses to the u.s economy by 2030 and in two years time in 2022 up to 7.3 million fewer u.s jobs and again don't take my word for it that's from the american petroleum institute that's what happens if fracking is gone in this country that's what happens if you have joe biden at the helm so i want you to listen good florida and pennsylvania and ohio and north carolina and arizona arizona you're an important city according to joe biden and wisconsin minnesota has to be in play this year colorado iowa new mexico new hampshire georgia michigan nevada utah listen to these accomplishments the best economy this country has ever seen in modern times the lowest unemployment records for blacks for asians for latinos for women for youth for disabled americans incentivizing companies and businesses to stay here build and work in the united states trade deals with china with japan with mexico with canada that all happened under donald trump 257 now miles of border wall built trillions trillions of dollars to the u.s military rebuilding the va the right to try if you're dying if you're on your deathbed and we oh well we have this drug that may work and make you the right to try was passed by donald j trump pro, the biggest pro-life president we've probably ever seen in our lifetime oil and gas production in the united states we're an energy independent country we don't need to get oil from russia from iran from country you know we don't have to go over there and and deal with any of that we don't have to negotiate with these people that chant death to america you know, we we need nothing to do with that because we all have it here in our country we don't have to navigate through the very narrow it was very slim strait of harmuz in iran we want nothing to do with that 200 judges confirmed two supreme court justices as far as kavanaugh and gorsuch go i always point out these stats to the african-american community 250 million dollars annually to historically black colleges and universities criminal justice reform police reform the first step back the expedited investigation into george floyd opportunity zones school choice how about the national security and security and safety for not only the united states but for the entire world Suleimani's death the country the world is a safer place because he's gone al baghdadi being gone the world's a safer place a hundred percent of the isis caliphate when biden and obama were in charge it was isis attack after isis attack no longer under donald j trump do you hear anything about isis anymore nothing lowering talk about this is something that democrats and republicans should both be happy about lowering prescription drug costs which many thousands of americans need to survive to be healthy 
That is a good thing for the country. As I previously mentioned, historic tax cuts. You know, that was all under Donald Trump. That all goes away if Joe Biden is in charge. And it's a Joe Biden, by the way, who doesn't even know where he is half the time. He has, he's got no plan to get out on the campaign trail. He doesn't care about wanting to push what is a, a radical socialist agenda on the American people. You know, the less talking he does, the, the better off they are. But the, uh, he is in his campaign. I mean, this is 51 years of total failure, total failure of Joe Biden. There's nothing. He has nothing to prove that he's going to bring real change. All those accomplishments that I just mentioned under Donald J. Trump, he's been in office for three years and he brought all of that. Joe Biden had 51 years. He brought nothing. He had eight years. We had 95 million Americans out of the labor force. That's what happens if Joe Biden gets elected. It's it, it the, the choice to me, you know, I continue to say, this choice, much like Joe Biden, is a no-brainer. It's as simple as that. Do we keep capitalism and the free market economy and incentivize ideas and people to make this country work? Or do we have government ownership? A, a strong federal government that is going to be in your lives. That's going to, Beto O'Rourke says he's going to take your guns. AOC wants to bankrupt this country with their $93 trillion Green New Deal. And energy, no more fracking. Say goodbye to it. Florida, Pennsylvania, Ohio, North Carolina, Arizona, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Colorado, Iowa, New Mexico, New Hampshire, Georgia, Michigan, Nevada, Utah. It is all on you voters there. Your 15 states can save this country, can continue the trend we're in as being the greatest country in the world. It's all on the line, November 3rd, 2020.